Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany Bodie. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well. Back in the swing of things. I think yesterday was definitely the very most Monday, Wednesday I've experienced in a very long time, but glad to be back, glad to be caught up in, in the bottom of my inbox, not <laughs> searching through 127 unread still. So good to go. <laughs> I know this morning my husband was like, gosh, it's already Thursday. It's such a weird feeling with like a short week, but it's been I good. Know. Yes. I think it's, you know, it's interesting. We were both out and experiencing the 4th of July, family, friends, doing all those things. Last time we recorded, we were actually out and recording while we were both off. So it's fun to be back in. And I took a little tour of the country with Max. We ended up driving um, 10 hours together. And so I was telling you, I'm like, I experienced a lot of franchises on the way. And so (laughs) saw a lot of strip malls. We ate at a Dairy Queen, which Max didn't even know Dairy Queens had food. He was like, what? I thought they just had ice cream. And I was like, no, it's a grill and chill, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And it's super fun to go through and look at strip centers and look at different places and be like, that's a franchise. That's a franchise. That's a franchise. And, you know, not just fast food, but all different types of things. And so we kind of played a game along the way when we'd see signs or when we'd be in the place. Is that a franchise? Is that not a franchise? And so many of them are, and it's exciting being in our industry to see those. It is, you know, I think obviously there's standouts. You and I kind of chuckle that like every other intro call we have, someone brings up Chick-fil-A, right? So Uh, there's standouts (laughs) that everybody knows Chick-fil-A and McDonald's are franchises and, you know, Planet Fitness and Orange Theory, I would say those are the four that are brought up the most to me. But there's so many other brands that are franchise opportunities. And being out of the office and coming back in, I told you earlier, like six of my calls today are touchpoint calls. And it's really exciting to hear from clients, you know, their experience going through the process, what they're looking at. And I think um, a trend that you and I are talking about is how the landscape is continuing to change and broaden inside of franchising. And I think what people were and were not willing to look at four years ago is very different than now. So I'm really excited about the brands that we're seeing when we're driving around and then also putting in front of our clients and just a good mix. We're seeing way more brick and mortar. Absolutely. I think we're seeing there's so many opportunities in brick and mortar outside of just food that are service-based businesses that have to be brick and mortar, but can be small footprint and can have strong differentiators. So I'm just excited to see kind of that brick and mortar space continue to grow and evolve. The small footprint is the key there. Mm -hmm. People are more willing to get involved with a small footprint, not a 5,000 square foot build out. You know, you think of a Planet Fitness and some of these big gyms and some of the stuff that people associate with franchises, typically it's this massive build out. That's what we're seeing. And a lot of people don't want to take that on. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot in our inventory right now that is indicative of what clients want, the scalability, the ability to just be in a smaller space, less overhead to start, less cost of scale. 
And staying under that 2,000 square feet really helps with that. And it helps people get into businesses that maybe traditionally they wouldn't have been able to if they were doing a full service XYZ. And the business that we have on today is a small build out, but it's done incredibly well. And the amount of dollars per square foot and average unit volume in these locations is absolutely insane. I am super excited to bring on the Sugaring LA team. We have Marissa Kochnever, Director of Development for the Repum Group. And our old pal now on this podcast will be (laughs) our most prominent guest here with her third time showing up. We have Rachel Stedman, VP of Franchise Development for the Repum Group. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, we are so excited to have you today. And Marissa, I'm going to ask you first, why don't you kick off, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you wound up at Repum Group representing Sugaring LA? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I'd love to. So um, not actually new to franchising. I have been in the franchise world for quite some time now. Um Back in 2015, I I think it was, I was one of the first Cycle Bar franchisees. Um, I, along with um, some partners, I bought two for um, an area near me in New Jersey. So I developed two here. And over the course of my journey and and several variations later, I ended up... um, president of a multi-unit operating group um, that at one point prior to COVID, we had 15 cycle bar locations. So um, we, it was quite a journey. And what was super cool about the whole thing was that I've actually worn almost every hat there is to wear. I mean, from you know, sitting in the introductory phone calls and going through the whole sales process and um, really having that type of insight is quite a interesting perspective um, now, you know, being on this side of the table, right? And then um, the build out and all the mistakes that happened to me and just all of the different things that I learned along the way. Um, But I've done everything from clean the toilets to um, run the company. So it's really been, um, it's been a wild, uh, wild ride. And it was, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was incredible learning experience. And um, I was able, I exited out of that and I was kind of just trying to figure out my next move, uh, my next step. And Nick Sheehan, um, who actually sold me my first two cycle bars, um, and we were together in the operating group, um, had reached out to me and he said, I have a brand that has your name all over it. And I think you're going to love it. Um, I think that this is a great fit. Come out to California. I want you to see the brand. I want you to meet the founder. I want you to meet Rachel and um, tell me what you think and and all that. And so I went out and I fell in love with the brand. I fell in love with Danielle. Rachel and I became fast friends. It was just like kind of all, he was right. Like it all, it all fit. So um, I became a part of Repum and have been able to help launch the brand and and get it off and running. And now here we are. So um, taking candidates and uh, we have our first discovery day coming up. So it's really been, it's been awesome so far. It's exciting. 
I love that you have been in the Canada Shoes, right? I mean, it is a big deal to make that franchise investment. It's lots of excitement and nerves going through the process. So, you know, the feedback that we're getting from our clients, Sam and I were chatting in advance of this, we're like, everybody gives us the same feedback, which is like, Marissa is so great. She's so genuine. She's knowledgeable because it resonates that you've been in their shoes. You know what it's like to write that check and make those big decisions. So we're excited that you're on this brand and thanks for sharing your story. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of, and as you know, when I start this process with the candidates, I, I love to hear about them. I want to understand, you know, how they got here, why franchising, why Sugar in LA, like what resonates with them? Because I know you guys present them, you know, several different opportunities and, and they narrow it down. And then, and so like, what, what about Sugar in LA stood out to you? And, and so I love hearing their, their story and really the journey and what led them to this place. And then you know, I just before I share my screen and, and start the whole process, I just want to tell you, um, I've been on this side of the camera before and I know exactly what you're going through. And as we move through this process together, um, I might have some insight and, uh, you know, I might go off script for a minute just to kind of give you my perspective um, and tell you. Um, but, you know, I get it. I've been there. So uh, it, I just find it's a unique perspective. So thanks for thanks for telling me that because I it's good to hear. Nice feedback. <laughs> well, Rachel, I would ask you about your background, but we've been fortunate enough to have you as a guest, as I stated earlier, multiple times. I will not make you run through the Rachel Stender background again for the third time. But if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I would just love to know more about Rachel and the other brands she represents, you guys can drop in on episode five or episode 82 to hear more about Rachel, her backgrounds and other brands that she represents with the Reprim group. So, you know, Marissa, when we found out about this brand, we were excited. I live in California part-time. I live not far from the original location in the San Diego area. And so I... I definitely, it resonated with me. I knew what it was. But as we were talking about it in our group, specifically, we do have male consultants that we work with. And they were like, well, what is sugaring? And so I would mm. love to know, you know, you're representing Sugaring LA. What is sugaring? Can you explain that to anybody that would be listening to this? How yeah. is it different than waxing? Because that's what most people are very familiar with for hair removal. And then just kind of walk through the services that Sugaring LA offers. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just to break it down, right? What is Sugaring? Sugaring is hair removal. It's it's the same type of hair removal that, you know, you're getting when you're when waxing or, or just removing hair from your body. It's just better. It's just a better way to do it. So actually, when I was having a conversation with Rachel the other day, I was like, this is really, honestly, this is the Whole Foods of the European wax centers. It's basically hair removal, just better. Um, so let me break it down, right? The difference between sugaring and waxing is epic, okay? Sugar, this, this sugaring paste, it's, there are four different viscosities, if you will. And all it is, is sugar, water, and lemon. That's it. That's all that goes into it. And it's combined into four different viscosities, like I mentioned. And that the sugar chooses which one they use, depending on the type of hair being removed and the body part that it's being removed from. 
So the, all they do is they take one ball of sugar in their hand, and when they apply the sugar, they reply it in the opposite direction of the hair growth, and they remove it in the natural direction of the hair growth. Now, this is opposite of what goes on when you get wax. So hot wax melted and poured onto your skin. When um, wax goes onto your skin, it actually attaches to live skin cells. The sugar paste is only able to attach to dead skin cells. So there's a level of skin conditioning and exfoliation that goes on with the hair removal process that's incomparable to any other service you receive. I'm telling you, I was soft for months. It it doesn't, not even like a scrub can compare to what it feels like when the sugar paste comes off, but I digress. When they take the sugar paste off in the direction, the natural direction of the of the hair growth, it removes the hair completely, like from the follicle out of the skin. So there is no opportunity for the hair follicle to break or for any irritation to occur. Whereas when they remove um, the waxing strip, they have the chance to break the hair follicle and irritate. And that's how like all the pesky ingrowns are formed and the skin irritations. And also because it's attaching to live skin cells, you, you can damage the skin. You can lift the skin off the body. I don't know if you've ever, I mean, Sometimes people like will go and get their eyebrows done and they'll have this like horrid red. Yes, you know, Sam knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> get this like horrible redness um, or they bleed or, or they get burned or, um, because that's what wax does. So there's never a chance with that with sugaring. So it's that's an amazing um you know, benefit, obviously, also. So really, the difference is simply that it's better and the results are um the results are incomparable, truthfully. Um, so once you experience it, you really, you really don't want to go back. So from a consumer standpoint, I mean, there's so many benefits that you have this natural mm -hmm. product. It's safer. It's cleaner. It's more effective. You don't have to let the hair grow as long, exactly. which people hate that you have to let it grow longer. Yep. So there's so many benefits from the consumer side. But Rachel, I'd love to understand what are clients and potential franchisees loving about it, our clients, potential franchisees, yeah. because we're showing this to men that have never even heard of sugaring <laughs> and they are getting fired up about the business. So tell us more about the business model itself. Absolutely. And we have had some fun conversations with men too, when it comes to <laughs> explaining resilience and which is our core service of what we do. Um, but really, I think it's the simple nature of the business model. This is not a lot of moving parts and we're really focused on single modality. So we're not doing sugaring and lashes and facials. We're not trying to add in other things that our employees need to be experts on. Our sugarists are sugarist experts. That's what they do well. And by allowing them to really focus on that single modality, they're also able to see more clients, make more money, make the franchisee more money. So there's a huge opportunity just focusing on the single modality. And it doesn't take a, a large employee base either. So when you think about a business model, it's a small footprint, it's 1,000 to 1,300 square feet. Um, maybe starting out, you have four employees, and that includes the general manager, which could be the franchisee, and a few sugarists. You know, it might take some time before you even hire a front desk person, because in the interim, you can manage that. Um, and there's also that recurring revenue aspect. So when Marissa was talking about, and I still love it, the whole foods of European wax, 
center. It's, it's, a, it's not just a luxury service that you're going out to do. This is a necessity for people. You get your hair removed, it grows back. You need to go back to get it removed again. The cool part of sugaring, which I love, is that you can have hair that's a 16th of an inch and you can go get sugared. And if you have ever been waiting to go get wax, it's like, okay, I'm just ready to shave because I can't wait any longer <laughs> to get it long enough to be waxed. Um, so it's also, you know, people are just coming back on the regular. Um, so you have that recurring revenue um, from the membership model. Um, so we have that piece of it. Um, it's just the simple nature of it that's really such a, a key to people being able to wrap their hands head, head around what we're doing, but how we do it. You know, it's just very easy to execute. So for someone that's a little bit more nervous about running a brick and mortar business, I would say it's a great first step into it, but they'll probably end up having three, four, five or six sugaring LAs because, you know, just exponentially it gets easier after that too. So um, those are some key parts of it. And you know, we look at the industry and they're looking at potential. Um, it was looking up some European wax center numbers and they were up to 944 locations at the end of last year and almost 900 million in sales. And it's just, you know, I mean, we can be that. And I know we can, because if you have the choice, you will go get sugared. You won't have the redness, you won't have the irritation, you won't you won't have so much of what you end up with from European Wax Center. And just the overall experience and education piece of sugar is just key to their success. I think the pain, doing with less pain, and then the downtime when you do talk about that, the regrowth time, it's summer right now. You're out, you want to be mm-hmm. on the boat, you want to be with your family, you know, waiting yeah to get waxed again, like you said, a lot of times it makes you turn to the razor, which is less than ideal for skin irritation as well. Mm -hmm. That was huge. I didn't understand that until we went through that presentation with you guys on the front side. And Mm -hmm. the small footprint, obviously, we touched on in the beginning. Recurring revenue models, we have heard over and over and over again. We have clients that, like Brittany said, they have no clue about waxing, sugaring, any of the above. But when you say small footprint, reoccurring revenue, low cost to scale, moderate employee level, it's like, oh, now that is a language that just about anybody can speak in franchising. Mm -hmm. So, And in business in general, that's ideal. So when we're looking, Marissa, at this model, it's ideal for a lot of people. But it's also important that our clients and the clients of other people sending you guys, you know, over to them, that we're a fit. Who's the fit? Who's the ideal candidate when you're looking at the franchisee of a sugaring LA? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think your ideal fit, um, it, it can range, right? It really can run the gamut. I think that you have the you know, husband and wife couple in front of you where the husband's looking at that small footprint and sees the economics behind it and realizes the um, opportunity in front of him. But the, um, and the wife side of that duo is um, someone who wants to be part of the booming beauty industry, right? And and really wants to get into that that skincare and be a brand champion and and be proud um, of the, of the, company that she's invested in and that she's bringing to her community. So we we see that, right? We see that a lot. Um, 
but overall, I think it's the it's it is that person who does value um, organic skincare and and you know a cleaner cleaner beauty, right? And understands that there's a demand for that, um, and will be proud. You know, it, it, this is a badge brand, right? Like we're talking big numbers. We're we're saying that we're ready to go up against the European wax centers of the world, right? So this is a badge brand. So this is somebody who wants to have that, um, you know, and wear that on their chest and be proud and say, you know, come on to um, Sugaring LA. You know, I, this is what I brought to my community. It's the best for, you know, hair removal. It's literally setting the standard and I'm proud to be bringing it here. Um, so it's it's that kind of human. But obviously, you know, you need to have leadership qualities. You need to be able to um, incentivize a team and motivate a team, mentor a team, right? Um, even if you're just, you're hiring a manager and you're having, you're having that team um, run your businesses for you, you still want to have, you know, your eye obviously on the financials and, and, and be able to um, help scale and, and help push everybody in the same direction. I think also too, this is such a, a beautiful opportunity because it is somewhat of a more modest investment. It is somewhat on the lower range for the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So I do think that we're seeing a lot of multi-unit interests, right? People who are coming in and looking to really take over a territory or take it really, you know, kind of plant their flag in the ground and say, I'm going to just develop this space and I will be the, you know, sugaring LA of, you know, where, this, wherever we are, New Jersey, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I think, you know, it really runs a gamut. I love that it can, you know, I, sometimes people assume like I've got to be a beauty expert and that's okay. not the case. You have to believe in, you know, great beauty services, but you got to be a great leader and want to grow a team and, all of those things are what's really important. And I had a client earlier today that we're working with and he said to me, he's down to two things and he's like, I could buy two of these or one of these and the economics on both of them are about the same. So, you know, it is, it's in that lower investment category for something brick and mortar and the scalability when you add a room, you know, the numbers show that there's great scalability in it. One of the things that he, this client that we were talking about was just, but Brit, it's emerging, right? They only have some corporate locations open. They're pioneering on the franchise side. And so he asked me, well, what do you know about this Repham group? What do you know about <laughs> Franworth? And was just picking my brain on that. And I, I shared with him, when we show something that is this pioneering, we want to ensure that they have systems and support and a plan in place for franchisees. So, Rachel, can you share more about that piece for us, just the support that Franworth and Repham provides? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll start with is saying, you know, we have our core Sprint LA team that have been with Danielle, the founder, for many years. Um, but beyond that, when we look at our total org chart, it's probably 15 people versus just three or four, um, just because of all that support. And there's even really more beyond that if we look at Buildem and how many people are involved with the franchisee. So Franworth, if you think of them as an incubator in a way of emerging brands. So if you don't have the budget for a chief marketing officer yet, if you 
don't have a specific person that's only doing onboarding for franchisees. You're not going to hire a full-time onboarding person, you know, when you're brand new and you just don't have that, you don't have the need for that. Um, so it's, I think of it a little bit as shared services, but really helping that brand to grow quickly in the right way. So you have the experts where you need them. Um, so Framworth really helps there. Um, where Repro Group comes in, obviously we're on the development side, we're ensuring they're a good fit for the franchise. But I always like to talk about the handoff. Um, you don't need myself or Marissa so much after you become a franchisee. I, we get the question almost every time on a signing call, well, what happens now? What, what do we do together? Because they're almost like sad to leave you. Um, but they're kind of your babies and you're helping them move on into a business and you always keep in touch with them. But then I know I'm handing them off to build them. Build them. So within a week, they're um, moving forward with Buildem. They're in the real estate process. And what Buildem does is provide that complete real estate construction project management support. So front to end, as a franchisee, I don't need to worry about if I'm looking at the right space for a sugaring LA, if I'm in the right area, if I'm going to have the right footprint, if um, you know I'm being guided on every step, but I'm also, when I'm in my location, I don't have to worry about managing the construction process because Buildem does that. I can focus on recruiting, marketing, you know, all of those things, training, uh, which, you know, as you're going through a construction project, Marissa speaks so well to this in her calls with candidates because she's been there. When you're constructing the location, you have a million other things that you're doing because that's right before your opening. So we're able to get a really concise, efficient way to get them up and open on time. Most importantly, on budget, you know, that's one of the goals is to stay within that budget number. So when we're asked, you know, it's an emerging brand, you don't have a franchisee that's been in this process yet. How true is are, are the numbers in that initial investment? We're really confident about those numbers because we've done it. They know what to do. We procure the products. You know, there's just so many benefits to that for a franchisee entering an emerging brand to feel good about stepping into it. And we get that feedback quite a bit. And, you know, even with, you know, a kind of cross brand, we'll have people say, okay, I'm referring my friend in. I love Repham Group. They're going by one of your brands. I know this one isn't available here, but are there others they can look at? <laughs> so we, we even see it cross brand because they love the experience. And I think it's just important just as your, your candidates work with you, there's a level of trust and honesty and integrity that we always work with to ensure that we're leading them the right way. That's huge. And I know that it's true because I have candidates that look at brands with different groups or different things. And very typically they're impressed by the entire package that Repum brings specifically in a brand that needs a build out because that is the headache you've, mm -hmm. you know, you've experienced it yourself, Marissa. I've been a part of franchise buildouts in the nutrition space. It, it's daunting and you don't know what you don't know. And I mean, anyone that's built a house or been a part of anything there, it's like that on steroids. And mm -hmm. so you need an expert, you need somebody there to say, actually, that's not part of the lease. You're supposed to pay for those electrical outlets not me. And it's $10,000 you put back in your own pocket just by having somebody there to read through those things and be your advocate and find a space that works. And that's huge for a business and for a business owner that's investing a massive amount of money on any level into their future. Yeah. So 
You guys are experienced in franchising in different ways and in some parallel ways. Rachel, I will start with you here. I want to know what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? And girl, I know you've given us two. So <laughs> what your best piece of advice you can think of today that you've ever um, received? Well, I mean, the best piece of advice that I've received, I think I told you earlier in the show that I saw a Lori Harder quote, could have been from one of you online. Um, but she, she had said, no one is buying your product only. They're buying your energy, your certainty, your belief and how you make them feel. And I see that in Marissa, I see that in my team because we can't talk about these brands to someone, one, if we don't believe in the brand and the team and where it's going, but two, if we don't feel like the candidate's the right fit for the brand, we're not here just to move franchises. We're here to help people achieve dreams, you know, build a new life for their family and, and just do so much in their future. So for me, just in that whole piece of it, just being able to resonate with them and just to be proud of what we do is really important too. If you ever lose sight of that, I think that's the time you need to leave this business. Yes. Like, <laughs> having, having that and keeping that in mind at all times. And that's why I love working with you, Rachel, on anything you're doing is because people feel that. They feel that you care. They feel you can't fake that. And they're making terrifying decisions. It's terrifying to step out and do something on your own, whether you're leaving your job or staying in your job. You're writing a check and that will leave a pit in your stomach. The unknown is is challenging. And when you have people behind you that have done it, that care about you and that are advising you, there is a certain sense of ease in moving forward and knowing that you're working with a brand that other people see all of this potential in certainly isn't lost on candidates. Mm -hmm. Now, Marissa, we have not gotten to hear any advice from you. So I would love for you to give us your best piece of advice that you've ever received. That I ever received. You know, I was so as of course, you know, my, I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, what's my best piece of advice? What's my best piece of advice? Um, you know, and it, the thing that I honestly, that kept coming back to me as um, a long, a long time ago, um, someone said to me, as long as you lead with love, you're never going to go wrong. And I, you know, that has kind of resonated in everything I do. And I, and I translate it, you know, love obviously could be a lot of different things, but I, I, I translate it really to authenticity and integrity. And, and mm -hmm. I come to this um, every day with a level of authenticity and integrity and, and just an openness, right? And, a, and a, a, an excited willingness to lead these candidates um, on this journey and, and be a part of it, you know, ride shotgun on it and, and um, be able to participate, be an active participant in it. But, um, you know, really just coming from that place of love and, and authenticity and, and just holding them accountable as, as we move through to uh, find what's right for them and, and, you know, and, find that match. If it, if it fits amazing. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. But, you know, moving through that process with that, um, with love, that's, that's really kind of what I hold on to. I like that. That's really nice. We haven't heard anything like that yet. Um, well, it's evident. One of the things that both of you love is franchising. When you talk about it, you're smiling while you're talking about it. You've been franchisees, you've made these investments yourself. Mm -hmm. 
you've made the choice to be on the development side, which is a tough role, lots of hours. I mean, you have to love it if you're going to be in development. So Mm -hmm. I want to ask each of you, and Rachel, I'll start with you. I've asked you before, but I think your whole story in franchising is so compelling. You've had a lot of success on the corporate side before that. What is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising and sticking with it all this time? I, it's one, it's always new, um, but two, every person that we touch is changing their life. And I, I think to me, I, I've seen it change. I've seen the differences in having someone purchase a franchise 15 years ago and the three different businesses they're running today with multiple locations and you know, every little nuance they go through. And, and I, I know, you know, there's always a small percentage, maybe something happens, um, but overall you see lives change and it's unlimited potential in what you can do in a franchise. It's really what you put into it. You follow the systems and processes, but it's what you put into it and having the choice to be able to do that um, for me um, to be able to, you know, give people that opportunity versus a corporate job or what they have been doing is just amazing because it's not just here's, here's a widget that I can sell you. It's like, no, there's something that's going to change your life. And when I talk to you three, five, 10 years from now, you're going to be at a completely different place and kids will look at you and be like, my parent is a business owner and just, you know, the role model, the success and just what they're able to do in the future is amazing to me. That that legacy piece, that impact you have on your kids, you and I talked about that one time mm-hmm. at a conference and yeah. just how blessed I was to see that with my parents. So I love seeing parents become entrepreneurs because it really does change your kid's life. So it is a very special thing we get to do. Uh, Marissa, I'll ask you the same question. What's your personal compelling reason for sticking in the franchise space? So a part of my story that I neglected to mention is that the reason why I became a cycle bar franchisee is I had been in the boutique fitness space um, for years prior. Um, I was an instructor and I kind of came up in the whole New York City um, cycling world, right? Flywheel. And um, that was really what lent, um, that led me to this cycle bar opportunity. So um, I very much teaching the classes and 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 really being able to hold that space um a big part of what i've done what i was doing for more than a decade was helping people find the best versions of themselves um and that it translates because when you can provide somebody with a pathway uh the right business opportunity the you know the right the right brand, um, it allows them to develop and become a version of themselves they they didn't even know existed, and you know brings this um, the best version of themselves. And it's it's such a um, it's a it's just a really amazing symbiotic kind of parallel world um, coming from that fitness space that I, I felt. Um, those classes transcended workouts. They weren't workouts. They they truly were helping people find a version of themselves they they didn't know was there. Um, and I and I believe that the right business opportunity does that as well. And and I think I'm I think I'm a case in point. So I'm excited to help somebody else find that for themselves. 
Absolutely. When you've had that feeling yourself, it's fun to be able to share it with other people and help them get that experience for their lives. Well, thank you both so much for being here. It's so good to see you. And thanks for having us. Yes, we appreciate you sharing this incredible brand with us and our listeners. And thank you guys so much. Thank you. Take care. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.